Welcome to episode 28 of the Canna Boomers podcast. It's Tom back again with another wellness episode. This time we're talking about yoga, specifically how cannabis can supplement your yoga practice in surprising ways. We're talking with Stacy Mulvey of Marawasana. She's been at this for a few years and does a great job with resources online. And she's a trainer of trainers, helping grow this movement across the country. Very interesting episode. You can check out all the previous episodes at Apple, at Google Play, at Stitcher, anywhere you can find your finer podcasts, we're there. Or look us up at cannaboomerswithak.com. We also have another series called 2420 with Kurt Robbins, where we go for 20 minutes on 20 different topics of interest to cannabis users. Check it out. I think you'll like it. It's very educational and you'll learn a lot. So thanks for tuning in and enjoy the episode. This is Let's Talk About Weed, the Cannaboomers podcast, CBD, microdosing, and all things related to medical cannabis for baby boomers. From San Diego, here's your host, Thomas J. Hey, it's Tom. I'm back with Cannaboomers. Today we're talking with Stacy Mulvey of Marawasana. Hi, Stacy. Hi. I'm really excited for this episode. My friend kept telling me that you've got to try smoking some cannabis and doing some yoga. And you specialize in that, and you have a great class, a great session online that uh, people can download. I did that over the weekend, and I found it was really amazing. The great. benefits of it are multifold, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, it's fun. And um, how did it feel when you did it? Well, you're much more in touch with your, your musculature, I think. And uh-huh. you do a great job of saying, you know, listen to your body, listen to your ribs, listen to your back. Um, and I think you're naturally more aware of that when you've had some cannabis. Yeah. uh, You know, and it's part of why that is, I mean, there's so many reasons that we could go into, which I guess is kind of the point of us talking, but there's so many ways that cannabis overlaps with um, doing exercise, especially exercise that incorporates, you know, using the mind body connection to do the exercise. But like a, a real, just like basic reason is, the the part of our brain like the part our body the way that we you know govern um and coordinate our motor skills and um just process our our sense of feeling our body in space it has a really high expression of cannabinoid receptors so being able to you know basically like synergize like getting cannabis in your body and starting to to move around and, and you know just kind of feeling those effects of cannabis, um, you know, when you're hearing cues about your body and you're hearing like information about, you know, like, yeah, where is my body in space? Like you're sort of primed, you're in a primed state due to the cannabis to interpret that and like, you know, maybe hear it differently or think about it differently. So there's the aspect of like, yeah, it just feels good to do, but there's also the aspect of like thinking of your body in a new way, you know, perceiving it in a new way. Is that um, proprioception? Is that the right word? Right. That's correct. Which just means awareness of your body, basically. Yeah, it's like how you sense where, you know, if you walk to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you know, right where the light switch is. That's because your proprioception is working because you've turned the light switch on so many times. It's just like, oh, I don't have to look at it. I know where I am, where my hand is in space on the wall, you know, relative to the wall to turning on the light switch. So that is your proprioception at work. And we all, you know, of course we all have it. We're all born with it. But, you know, kind of kind of like anything, if you don't use it, you lose it. So if you're sedentary and you're not active, I mean, of course, you're always going to have the ability to sense it. But 
you know, it might not be as finely tuned and responsive as if, you know, something that you're using all the time. So, you know, when you're, when you're moving mindfully, like exercise, regardless is good, right? Moving is good. But if you're moving in a, in a slow and controlled way where you really are thinking about like, where am I in space? You know, and I'm moving this stuff around in space. Like I'm moving myself around in space. You know, you're just kind of continually coming back to that. You, um, you're, you're really stimulating your mind. You're, you know, you're opening up your mind. You're like kind of requiring that focus. But then when you're doing it along with cannabis, you know, cannabis also has that effect. Cannabis can like literally, you know, like the, the way that you are perceiving your own like state and status can be affected by cannabis. So it's like, it's like a dual dose of like mindfulness and awareness, if you will. Well, you know, you talk about kind of knowing where the light switch is. We all have muscle memory, right? I mean, if you're a golfer, you know your swing. But when you do yoga, you're, you're kind of literally stretching yourself into different positions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're kind of challenging yourself in finding your boundaries a little, maybe. You are. You're always going back to, like, how can I increase, you know, this heightened sense? How can I increase this, like alignment that I've found, you know, how can I get it even more aligned? How can I get it even more lengthened or released or um, the, whatever you're trying to balance out, right? Because sometimes, you know, it's like you can do yoga and be certain ways, be extremely flexible. Like for me, when I started doing yoga, I've always had this innate flexibility that turns out actually wasn't really healthy you know it was just because everything was like a little too loose and a little too stretched and a little too like out of control so um you know doing yoga and pilates like and actually getting a a practice going brought that into my awareness because it was like you know here i am thinking i'm doing something good for flexibility but when i actually started thinking about it differently which cannabis kind of gives you that ability to do, right? It kind of gives you space and, and the ability to be like, you know, what if I did this like slightly different this time? Or what if I, what if I thought about it in a new way and kind of came at it from a different perspective? It gives you, it gives you that awareness to start, you know, realizing like, you know, I'm actually, maybe I'm open here, but it's because I'm so weak, you know, and I actually need to strengthen this. And how do I kind of balance this out and, and increase the level at which I'm coming to, you know, this pose or to this exercise? Well, something we've talked a lot with other guests about is CBD and the way that it helps you achieve homeostasis, um, mm-hmm. getting back to a balance. You know, maybe that's some of what's happening, too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it for me, it is, it's just like so synergistic. I was actually like going through and um, doing some writing and a lot of the effects that we're trying to achieve through exercise, especially an exercise like yoga is like, you know, regulation of the breath, um, you know, balancing the load, making sure, you know, you're not collapsed on one end of the body, but you know, you're like distributing the load throughout your body, Um, you know, increased circulation, increased physical awareness. So all these things are just like, well, I'm trying to do this, like, this is the effect that we're going for when we do this type of exercise, it's like, well, that's the exact same effect that, you know, gets produced when we, when we supplement with CBD, it's kind of like an, uh, like a no duh type of thing, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's like a really easy correlation. It's like, you know, what we're doing on just trying to produce the body's like own effect, like it's natural effect. What's actually happening is us trying to activate our endocannabinoid system. 
so right we're looking for like the body's own ability its innate ability to produce the analog to cbd so why not also you know give it some help with a phytocannabinoid of cbd like here you know we're going for these effects you want to activate the, your endocannabinoid system like there's some some great cbd oil that you can you know that you can use to start like uh, you know, building up that, that body's tone, as they say. I don't know if you're familiar with the endocannabinoid tone concept. Um, no, tell me more. Well, <laughs> uh-oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm only <laughs> beginning to start to understand it. But it basically, it's along the lines of, like, if you have, a, if you're low in tone, as far as your, your, your endocannabinoid tone, you would really need to build it up to to get to where like a therapeutic dose would start to work for you. So to kind of further explain that, there's this theory that a lot of people are deficient in endocannabinoids or just in cannabinoids, period, right? So because yeah, they're like yeah, raw. Yeah, I'm familiar with yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with that idea. And then the idea that you can supplement with phytocannabinoids. Right. Um, so what you're doing to like bring uh, to, uh, to, to supplement and to, to become, you know, not deficient anymore is you're building up the endocannabinoid tone. So almost like a muscle that you would exercise. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's again, it's like amazing how the, you know, how well the analogy works, but you know, it, it, it's exactly, it's like, okay, you're really pouring tone. You need to like really build it up so that now when you you know, exercise or when you supplement or, you know, what have you, you are coming from a, a space of like strength. So, you, you know, you can actually like apply power or whatever in the, you know, in case of like a muscle, but then also it's like, okay, well, when you supplement with this, like, you know, standard dose of CBD, it's because you've built up your tone to where it's actually effective. And you're not just like filling in all that like negative space that you've been so depleted with, if that makes sense. Okay. So kind of a sweet spot that you're aiming for. Yeah, and it, it's so interesting that, like, the, the, it's a system of our body, you know, that supposedly, like, that, you know, as far as, like, the research that's coming out, that it's like, okay, it's responsible for this homeostasis, and, yeah, can you imagine being depleted in that? And, you know, just common sense, even just, like, picturing that, like, okay, you know, the, the, our body's ability to, to respond to its environment, if we're, if we're, we're so depleted in that the processes of that system, that system's ability to, to maintain that, like, no wonder we're so unhealthy. Like, no wonder we're so, you know, we find it so hard to get going with an exercise program or just like get out of bed in the morning and, and to be in the modern world. We've talked a lot on the show about foundations of wellness and, you know, a good night's sleep is really foundational. And and cannabis can help you there, and pain, and, and mood, and appetite, and all those basic building blocks of health. Yoga and giving yourself that kind of stretch is part of it too. Absolutely, and you know, and and those positive effects that you're getting are actually, you know, you triggering your endogenous cannabinoids in your body. So that's the high that you're getting from you know the wellness activities that you're doing. It's like you are actually just like naturally producing cannabinoids within yourself to me that's the coolest right. part about it i've been a distance runner for a long time and you know a long time ago they they were talking about endorphins mm -hmm. and, and you get this endorphin rush that gives you the runner's high but lately i've heard none that that might be uh, your endocrine that's what there's system. that's there's a study that came out in april um from cu boulder it's called the new runner's high 
And they're, that's what they're actually seeing. They're saying endorphins don't really explain that mood boost that you're getting from exercise, the typical runner's high. It's been attributed to endorphins, but they're like, actually, that's, you know, they don't explain that feeling, but endogenous cannabinoids actually might, you know, of course, they're always like, they're always saying like more research needs to be done. And of course it does, you know, um, so they're not, it's not conclusive, but they're like, Hey, this is actually like a better explanation than the whole like endorphins misconception, uh, conception that we need to clear up. Yeah. The science does keep advancing. And along with that, so do our attitudes, I guess. And I want to ask 10 years ago, could you be doing what you're doing now? It seems to me it was kind of unheard of at that time. Yeah. um, I don't think I could. Like, I think I would just get completely laughed out of the room of anyone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I say that with a grin because I'm, you know, I barely pass the muster anyway. Like I do think a lot of people see it as a joke, um, which is kind of frustrating because I take it very seriously in that, um, you know, like anything, it's like, I really believe in it. And so I take it seriously, not because like, I can't, you know, laugh at the fact that so many people do laugh at it and find it a joke, but right. It's just like, okay, I care very passionately. And there is science. It's so grounded in science. Like there is just like this overwhelming science that we can point to on the fact that, you know, combining the two is beneficial um, and why they're beneficial for each other. But the, one of the typical questions that I get, and it's been asked so many times is, um, oh, you know, like I'll tell people like what I do and they'll be like, oh, have you ever heard of goat yoga? which is like, oh, okay, that tells me that they just, they see it as like this crazy combo of yoga, you know, like, and I get it. I mean, that makes sense. Like, that's where their mind goes, because they're like, yeah, just combine all sorts of random stuff with yoga, you know, it's a trend. And, um, you know, and it is a trend, which is (laughs) part of why I'm able to do that now, you know, I'm able to like, actually kind of put this out here, because people have been, their minds have been opened to, you know, stuff with yoga, but I think it has staying power because it is such such a beautiful modality for increasing your own wellness, you know, whether you're doing it in a class or just on your own, you know, moving your body and then moving your body, like moving your body alone is is huge. But moving your body with cannabis as a, a supplement is, you know, to me, it's just like the holy grail of, of mental wellness, physical wellness, um, just, you know, an overall approach to to having a healthy lifestyle it's like if you if you can move and get cannabis you're you've you've checked off a lot of boxes there (laughs) well and i guess that question comes from my own cultural lens i mean it's possible and i don't know if you know the history but what about india there's been yoga over there forever there's been cannabis there for a long time is there a history there, to there this? There is, you know? and um, I need to be careful on, you know, stating the specific history because I don't know many of the details other than to say that there are, there's a festival uh, that I was introduced to called Kumela, which is basically like a lot of Indian mystics kind of gathering, and there's a lot of like smoking, like um, like medicinal consumption of herbs involved, but it's not like the primary focus of the, the festival per se, but it's like heavily involved. And um, there are several, you know, figures and myths in India of people and like even like the basic myths in, um, in the um, Upanishads will talk about a, a, an herb from heaven and like how it actually gave rise to consciousness and that type of thing. So it's, it's, it's very uh, integrated with the history of yoga. It's, 
just been, you know, at yoga, the thing with yoga is there's this assumption that the way we see it now goes back like thousands and thousands of years exactly as it is, but it's actually been changed so much from the way, you know, from, from the original writings of yoga, the, the, the original like exercises, like people like anything, right, have integrated it into their lives. And then it's changed over time. It's adapted to the needs of the population and the opinions and the, the thoughts, you know, the beliefs of whatever society as it, as it grows. And it's only been in the last hundred years or so, even less, that the Western world started to be introduced to yoga. And, um, and they, you know, even just their awareness of it started to change what the, the physical exercise aspect of yoga actually meant. Um, you know, so people started inventing different poses, inventing different names. Um, you know, you, and you can go back and you can find the Yoga Sutras by Patanjali. And that's probably, you know, that's probably the original writing that everybody can go back and look to. But it's not, it's, it, it's very different from the world of yoga as today. So, um, so I like, it's something I like to point out to people who might have this assumption like, oh, well, that's not what, you know, that's not what yoga is. Yoga is this other stuff. And it's like, well, you know, let's look at what you think yoga <laughs> even is right now, because your perception might be just this modern version, you know, it might just be something that we started to invent as a modern society, like probably only like 20 years ago. I mean, there's, there's different styles. There's, there's different schools. Um, there's, there's a lot. And of if you think, I mean, if, as long as you understand the philosophy and you've, you know, you're staying sincere about that, it's like the human, the human body has, has so many options. We're so creative, you know, we're so <laughs> adaptable. So of course there's going to be innovation as far as, you know, how we, how we interpret that, how we interpret something, you know, something that kind of teaches us how to move. So now you're in, I'm in Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Yes. And I'm in San Diego and there, there's a lot of yoga, you know, up in Encinitas, there's tons of yoga. Do you think there's a West coast, East coast dynamic where there's more of it out this way? Oh, that's a good question. Because, you know, what's funny is I actually, my largest and most loyal audience is actually based in Boston. And so um, I will say, though, I have seen that it is um, concentrated on the coast. You know, the people that are enthusiastic are definitely more (laughs) concentrated on the coast. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, what's so funny and um, really cool is I just released a teacher training program and it's done online. And I actually have several trainees that are in, well, uh, several applicants that I have a trainee in Oklahoma and a trainee in Iowa that want to be cannabis yoga instructors. And so they're like, you know, they're really just going after this from this pioneering spirit of like, yeah, there's, there's little hope for, you know, for, well, I shouldn't say that, but you know, it's like clearly they have an uphill battle compared to say somebody in San Diego or Las Vegas, right. <laughs> to do the, to do what, what mm-hmm. I'm doing, but they're still, they still signed up, you know, they still want to learn. They still want to start holding the space for when their state does become legal. So, um, so to answer your question, yeah, I do see it as kind of being concentrated and I don't know if there's an East coast, West coast rivalry. There's definitely different flavors that I've noticed. <laughs> um, both are great, but but there, but don't count out the 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 Midwest and like the you know the interior part of the country because they're holding it down <laughs> as much as they can. <laughs> sure, we're still in this odd period where prohibition is 
gradually being rolled back and state by state until there's some kind of federal action. But the stigma is lifting and it's becoming more acceptable. And you've got something that kind of brings it into the health realm more so than than many people want to accept at this point. But so when you go back to Boston, are you given trainings back there or how, how, um, how, does, how does your business work? Well, so I do limited time events in different cities. So I will schedule basically a pop-up class in Boston or um, I haven't done any in San Diego, but it just, you know, in whatever city I, I did one in LA and I'll schedule it and put it out there to, you know, social media and the world and say, you know, this is the class that you can come to. Um, I, you know, it's, it's been a challenge because there's only one of me. Right. And so, you know, trying to, to be everywhere um, wasn't working. So that's, you know, that's how I was <laughs> doing it for the most part. Um, I, this last year, though, really slowed me down because I was like, okay, this isn't sustainable on several levels. So let me get a teacher training program together um, so that I can train other people to do this and, you know, do the teaching so that they can teach and I can be, you know, they can be my my emissaries, <laughs> if you will, um, so that I, you know, I can kind of be in, so that way when I do, so when I do travel, it's it's great. It's not pressure to like be in one city all the time. It's like, okay, if they have other teachers available, then they can be getting this, this benefit from doing these classes. But then also, you know, I, it kind of like opens up my net where it's like, yeah, no, I really can travel between the coasts and do, um, do more of like a focused class on, uh, you know, t teaching the teacher um, is kind of, you know, what, what everything's mm -hmm. shifting into as far as my business is concerned. But then also just people who maybe, you know, have been to some of my classes before and are like, yeah, you know, this is, since it is limited time and I'm not here permanently that they, you know, want to get in and, and get a lesson with me. So. So you're sort of an evangelist. You're out there training the trainers and. Yeah, I would say so. I, I didn't think of myself as an, evan an evangelist, but I'll take that. That's a good word. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of uptake have you seen? I mean, um, how many years have you been doing this and, and do you see it growing? So I, oh, I see it growing so much. I absolutely do. Um, and it's really starting to gain, uh, gain traction in this last six months or so, I would say. But personally, I've been teaching classes publicly and like, you know, putting it out there that this is what I do for about two and a half years. Um, coincidentally, and, you know, maybe, I, I still don't know what to think about it, but I, my first class that I taught as Mira Wasana was election night in 2016. So it was November 8th. <laughs> so, so I always, like, <laughs> so that's how long it's been um, a public, uh, you know, a thing that's out there for the public to consume. You know, I was kind of doing, I had a, an idea of what I wanted to do for a couple months prior to that. So um, as far as being a teacher, that, that was a, right when people started to I need know, it. Most, most I things. know. That's how that I, I think of it that way, where I'm like, because it, it, you know, it was such a roller coaster of emotions that night, like being so like thinking everything was going to go one way, right? Like everybody assumed like, okay, there's going to be a winner. We all, we already know. And then, you know, my heart was broken. In my opinion, it was an awful thing that, um, that it wasn't who we thought it was going to be. 
so um so but it was like oh but this is so exciting because I just taught you know this thing I've been wanting to teach for so long and it's it's finally coming out but oh no <laughs> you know but now the we're all depressed so <laughs> well, but we're, we've been coming back maybe perfect timing is just what the world needed yeah um, but um, I was going to say I've been teaching for about 10 years so my professional teaching career started about 10 years ago and you know I had my own journey with physical fitness and then you know teaching physical fitness and then understanding how cannabis actually was was you know really integral for me in maintaining and under just even even you know being at that level of fitness maintaining it but also even just like achieving that level um cannabis was fundamental for me with that was that like a light bulb moment or did you gradually think what if i tried this and yeah it was really profound so i when i I kind of came at it from um, like a cyclical way. Like I was using cannabis pretty regularly. And when I started working out just as like, okay, I, I did have this epiphany where I was like, oh my God, like my, my body's only going to get, you know, more sore and, and more aged as time goes on. And, and like literally the only thing you can do about it is start, you know, moving. I mean, it just, it was like this kind of like aha type of moment. So I kicked my own ass and started like, you know, okay, I've got to move, I've got to move, I've got to exercise. So that was a profound shift. But um, I went, you know, a bunch of life happened. And I came to this realization after a while that um, cannabis wasn't serving me. I was feeling depressed and alienated. I had just moved from the city where I grew up into a new place. And I was, you know, just sad and just kind of going through that shift. And so I decided to stop using cannabis. Um, and so I did, and it actually was a really positive decision for, so for two years, I, you know, was able to get out of the, the I, I was just getting so much anxiety of like climbing the walls, anxiety. So I was able to just kind of break out of that. Right. And um, it, so in the midst of everything, you know, just life is going along. I was like, okay, I'm actually going to quit my IT job and be a Pilates teacher. Like I felt that strongly about hating my career where I was. And I was like, this is my passion. I want to teach yoga and Pilates. And so Pilates had, um, you know, this really rigorous program that required a lot of education to complete. So I was like, okay, that's it. You know, I want to do Pilates. I wanted to go as far as I can with, you know, this mind body training and, and take the hardest course I can. So I was nearing the end of that course and I was really struggling. Like my physical abilities and like my physical intelligence and just understanding of what the program required, it just wasn't making sense in my body. It was like, I'm trying as hard as I can. And it's just, you know, I just felt like this clumsy, just disconnected person, <laughs> as, and it, which was, you know, it really sucked. Um, but in that, those last couple of months, I just so happened to get invited to um, the Cannabis Cup, the first, the High Times Cannabis Cup that was on U.S. soil from being in Amsterdam, and it was held in Denver. So I was really lucky. I got an invitation, and I was, you know, it was like, oh, you know, what the hell? I'm at, come on, I'm at the Cannabis Cup. I'm going to break this, you know, this self-induced prohibition, and, you know, why not? Well, that was, you know, that in itself was amazing. Like, oh, my, what was wrong with me? Like, I, I'm so back on, on board with cannabis. And um, so I had a really good, great experience there. Went home and, you know, just proceeded with my, my practice, getting ready for the test that I had coming up for graduating my program. And just had the most profound, like, 
alignment of, and this was after I took a, a really high dose of CBD and smoked some THC, um, just this amazing perception where everything really lined up with the way I was able to move and being able to perfectly control my movement through my thought process. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was like this spiritual experience. But what was amazing, it was just like so profoundly spiritual, but it was like, there's nothing like outside of myself right now. It's just me, you know, it's just me inhabiting my own body, my bones, my muscles, my mind, just perfectly united. Um, You know, and I get that's, you know, that samadhi of yoga and flow, you know, it's a Western psychological concept of, of, you know, just complete immersion in the activity and it was just it was so amazing and I from that point the strength and like understanding and just the connections that I was looking for in my body were they were just there you know I mean of course it was like still it took like some efforting to be like okay I know I needed you know here's how I do the exercise but it wasn't the struggle that it was it was like you know something just sort of like aligned and kind of like I don't know came online if you will And I really, you know, it's anecdotal. I don't have proof or anything of like, oh, this is what, you know, A, B, and C and, you know, equals D in my case. But anecdotally, I I knew that it was cannabis that was, um, you know, where I was finally able to kind of get to that point with my training and my understanding in my body. Yeah. So. um, Well, that makes sense. And you kind of came at it separately. You kind of like if you put peanut butter and chocolate together, you knew that exercise was good and you, you had your experience with cannabis, you knew what it was about. And then once you put them together. Right. Yeah. They, and they then you're, it's so funny them. when you do it too, you're like, what, where was this all my life? You know, why didn't this, I mean, and it's, what's funny is like, I, it's like I needed to um, kind of put it down though, to really come back to it and just be like, no, this is so, so obvious. And, um, and that really was what inspired me to want to teach others. You know, it was like this, this is, profound and everybody deserves to have this feeling this is like our birthright to just feel completely embodied and feel strong and healthy and contained in our bodies um yeah some of the negatives of cannabis i mean if you don't dose right it can make you anxious or paranoid or get into couch lock or something but this is something you can do that requires you to bring yourself to it and to do something exactly and i do i like to bring up um couch block because there is um, something really interesting about that effect that this um the study that i brought up before um part of what they found is that cannabis actually helps with motivation and then running in turn actually kind of it helps regulate endocannabinoid levels so let me back up and kind of unpack that. So it's like, so if we, if we're supplementing with cannabis, right. And you're exercising, obviously like you are like, you're using the exercise to like circulate the cannabinoids in your system, circulate blood, you know, exercise has its own intrinsic benefit, but when you're exercising, like let's say you're exercising on its own and you're not, you know, you're not supplementing with anything. Exercise alone actually increases the circulation of your body's own cannabinoid levels. So it's like this bi-directional motivation loop. So, you know, like the more you're exercising, the more you're actually like increasing your own motivation to exercise. And um, when, you know, like in these animal studies that they, that they did just to kind of like study the effects of exercising cannabinoids, 
um, they had some mice that they bred for voluntary running. You know, it's like these mice are going to be bred to just like want to run on their own all the time. And so when they were given a cannabinoid antagonist, they, so basically it was like, hey, we're just going to reduce cannabinoids for you, your endocannabinoids. They stopped running. They stopped their own voluntary running. It was just like they got lazy. So instead of cannabis making them, you know, losing their motivation, like taking cannabis away is what killed their motivation. And then they have mice that they bred. This is where a lot of science from cannabinoids and the effects of the um, endocannabinoid system, they knock out the CB1 receptor. They're called CB1 knockout mice. So they basically take out the receptor for anandamide and THC, where they're just like, you're bred, like they just, you're, they're not capable of, of that receptor. Like they just, it's just not in their body. And um, so they basically can't get high. So they reduce their levels of voluntary exercise. They basically become lazy. So it's the ones that can't get high <laughs> that are the lazy, like stoners. And, um, and I, to me, it's like, okay, so if, it, you know, like knowing all of that, if you are experiencing couch lock, if you're like, gosh, this is like so hard. I'm like, I'm always like locked to the couch. Like get up and get up and start moving. Like actually start to move your body because, you know, you're, you will able to kind of bypass that effect of like whatever you're just like not motivated to get going. Like if you start to move, that motivation will actually just start to increase as an effect of the cannabis that you that you've got that you've, you've supplemented with. Yeah, you can kind of jumpstart your your exactly. desire exactly. to move. By and the moving. cannabis will help you. Like you just got to start moving. <laughs> Do you know of other teachers who are doing this? I mean, you're not the only person out here extolling. Well, yeah, I do actually, and they're very lovely. Um, so, like several uh, have actually reached out to me and have enrolled in my teacher training program, which is. <laughs> which is like such an honor, like, wow, I, you know, ah, like, it's a little bit, um, you know, overwhelming and intimidating, but, it's, you know, it's, it's, I'm so grateful. But then there are also, yeah, there are other people that are out there doing that have been, you know, pioneers like myself, you know, kind of spreading the word and getting going. Um, there is a woman in California named Dee Dussault, and she actually wrote a book called Ganja Yoga, and um, she's amazing. And then there's a colleague out in Colorado named Rachel. And, you know, she's got an amazing cannabis brand. I actually, I unfortunately have not been able to take lessons from either one of them, but it's my dream to do so one day, <laughs> just be the student and, <laughs> and let them teach me. But, but yeah, and especially, um, like I said, you know, with the teacher training program, there are so many people that are hungry for this knowledge and that want to be teachers. Or, you know, some people just come at it where they want to deepen their own practice with, with yoga and cannabis and just understand more, you know, and maybe not necessarily teach, but just have that information and that, that knowledge. But it's just increasing. Like, you know, people are just like so hungry to learn about it and, and start increasing their understanding. It's definitely just going to get more and more popular, in my opinion. That's my prediction. Yeah. It's one of those things that just makes so much sense. And I think you begin to see a groundswell where East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, it starts popping up because the, the stigma is falling away. People are looking always for wellness. and Yeah, it, and it's, it's it been really, really well. fun to see how it resonates with people. Um, there is a stereotype of like a, you know, certain people that do yoga or this image of who does yoga and who doesn't do yoga and what I've loved to see, yeah, like what I've loved to see in my classes are that stereotype just being completely irrelevant. 
you know, like I see every age group come to my class. Right. I see every, you know, type, um, you know, every skin color, every class, every, you know, gender, you know, every, <laughs> every category you could name, you know, like they shop at Whole Foods, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. And that's, and that's what I actually think is so powerful about it is because it is breaking even the yoga stereotype, you know, it's like it's pulling in people who are like every type of person you can imagine, it's still resonating in their brain. And the fact that they are coming and so many of those people that show up where it's like, you know, they have this resonance where they're like, I just, I want to do this. It's their first time doing yoga. So that, that to me, that tells me that they saw, you know, they kind of knew yoga was something that they wanted to do or, you know, explore, see if they wanted to put it in their life and something about the aspect of cannabis being there, you know, that it made it so that they finally went to a class like they finally actually tried it and you know hopefully that takes them on a path of like further you know exploration of yoga or some sort of you know whatever it is with you know their wellness journey but what got them there was the fact that you know maybe it was the social aspect that they knew people were going to smoke weed and so they must be pretty chill <laughs> and accepting um or, you know, or just or maybe it was like the physical aspect that they're like, you know, I cannabis helps me with my pain. And so, yeah, if I can medicate and, um, you know, be in an, a safe environment while I move my body and kind of work through my pain, then, then I want to, I want to try it that way instead of, you know, the typical class environment. You know, CrossFitters can get injured and you can hurt yourself doing a lot of different exercises. Um, you can hurt yourself with yoga too. With yoga, especially, I mean, not all types of yoga are like this or all teachers teach this way, but for me, it's really important to teach people in a, in a slow and controlled way because that's, that's going to give you the ability to start honing that, that proprioception, like honing that ability to, you know, really move yourself around with control and, you know, with your mind so that, you know, you are, you're solid and you're aware of, of your physical existence and your wellness in that, in that way. I've been hearing people, instead of calling it strain, they like to call it cultivar. Ah. Do you have a, a preferred indica or sativa? And do you, do you prefer smoking or vaping or edibles? Or well, so personally, and so keep in mind, it is subjective. And that's what's um, tricky about cannabis and cannabis and wellness, just as a, you know, a, a topic, because every person has their own therapeutic window. So like their own therapeutic dose, and they're going to respond to different terpenes and different cannabinoid levels in different ways. Um, I don't know a lot about some of that because, you know, there's some, there's some, Stuff I've heard where it's even like, you know, specific types of cancers need certain cultivars. And to me, that's like, I don't, I, I, it's hard for me to really um, speak to it because I don't understand it. But that, that, all that being said, like, I have not, I have not found that there's a particular strain or, um, sorry, cultivar <laughs> or, um, or, mm -hmm. you know, the whole indica and sativa thing is, um, you know, that's a, a a complex subject because those describe those don't really just those describe the appearance of a plant right those describe the morphology that right although i know that the industry has adopted those as like okay there are indica effects and there are sativa effects and we're just going to say that that's indica and sativa 
I, I, I feel like for myself, I just go for a hybrid because I'm like, that, you know, like they're pretty much all hybrids anyway. Um, and it's, that's what I respond to. So it's, it's really like whoever is, you know, if you're like, well, what should I take? And I don't know what to do. And, you know, I would say, okay, give it a sniff or give it a taste. And do you like this one? And if you're like, yeah, I really like this one as opposed to this other one, then that go with the one that you're responding to. Cause that is your body telling you like, Hey, that's, you know, I, I actually maybe need these terpenes or, you know, whatever, whatever, entourage effect you've got going on um you know you you in, enjoying that experience that's that's telling you something but to really answer your question for myself I really like orange cookies that's a strain out here um in Nevada that I've just really started to love it's a Girl Scout cookies and I want to say uh Larange Cross I don't I, I know it's Girl Scout cookies is one of the the origins orange so cookies it's yeah orange cookies you said cookies, <laughs> oh and i like to smoke i personally like to smoke flour i'm just an old-fashioned girl i guess but <laughs> i'm like it's just so straightforward it's just how i've always done it and so you know i'm not opposed to like vaping or edibles or anything like that but i just i'm just so used to my typical way that <laughs> I just stick to that. <laughs> yeah, kind of straight up. And a lot of what you've talked about is listening to your body. The fact that that is like what you have to do as you start medicating with cannabis and you start doing it with yoga is that you are take, you're empowering yourself. You are taking your own health and wellness into your hands and you're saying, okay, I am now in charge of this experiment of wellness and this experiment of cannabis. Like how how do I feel? Do I feel better? You know, did, did I improve or not? And that alone is so powerful and will start to ripple through your life as far as your own health, because you took your own power back. You're not, you're not putting it in the hands of, you know, some external force like the doctor that, you know, just like, just give me pills and just tell me what to do. Put me under the knife. You're like, well, wait, I want to start figuring this out. And, and, and you, you know, like I said, it's, you're, you're empowering yourself and that's just, that is so important and meaningful in terms of your own wellness. That's a huge, huge point. <laughs> I, I think we could reform yeah. our healthcare system right around, you know, just getting people to be, take ownership of the results yeah. that yeah. they, through their health habits. Um, I have to tell you when I did follow your video, which is so great to have online, felt the muscles relax and everything. And then the, the oh, visual, good. the visualization you do at the end was amazing. That's really so good amazing. to hear. Is that something that that came to you, or is that um, a technique that that's... that you learned, or where does you know that, like that just came to me? You know, obviously, I've been influenced by teachers and other you know meditations, and you know, kind of synthesized it all in my brain. But that specific relaxation um, to me, describing the bones of the body and. Um, you know, sort of releasing the just or not really just just letting the, the thought process of like what to do with your muscles, but just focusing on the bones, like it, it just takes you to this really like neutral place, because we store emotions in our bodies. And we, you know, they're like different triggers, and like patterns that kind of get activated through our muscles. So speaking to the bones, and, and you know, just kind of it's like, you're just kind of like clearing out what's in the way 
um, I've found is a really a really effective way of of relaxing people and like you know just kind of letting them like think about uh, like I said something more neutral it's like almost like a more neutral substance than muscles <laughs> it's like you can kind of neutralize whatever's happening in the muscles by speaking to the physio physiology of the bones and bones are universal like everybody everybody knows what their thigh bone feels like you know but not everybody knows how you know if you describe some sort of muscular action like what it's like to swing a golf club you know, it's like, what? I don't know. I don't know. I feel I think it this way or I learned it that way. You know, there's like all these different interpretations, but it's like this really like universal, like neutral landmark that we can all relate to. Um, and so, yeah, so, you know, that visualization was just kind of evolved over time, you know, just kind of noticing that and wanting to um, wanting to speak in a, in a, a also, you know, besides um, neutral as far as like the actual brain that's that's hearing it but also neutral in terms of like any like philosophy or um you know anything like that like there's no religious connotation it's completely secular completely universal you know if you're a human and you're hearing that it's like oh i get i, I get that <laughs> you know you don't have to filter you don't have to filter like a belief system yeah. so um yeah so that was another reason for that but it's nice because most of us are just, we take our bones for granted. We don't really think of them that much, but you intentionally kind of draw our attention to just about every bone in our body. And that's pretty well, very, amazing. Was, very uh, good. I'm so glad nice to hear that, Tom. Yeah. And I want to encourage all our listeners to go ahead and do the same experience because it's it's pretty amazing. And you uh, put that make that available online. So we should tell people where to find you online so yeah. they can marawasana.com or um at marawasana on instagram and all you know all the different channels um and the way that that's spelled is m-a-r-i-j-u-a-s-a-n-a.com uh, <laughs> and it basically it's, it's the word marijuana and the word asana which is a sanskrit word for pose basically. So all yoga poses end in the word asana. So there's like trikonasana or halasana. And so, so, um, so it's, a, it's a portmanteau, like brunch, right? Like breakfast and lunch, but it's the happy middle there. So marijuana, <laughs> marijuana and asana, <laughs> cannabis and yoga. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great mashup. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time. Um, we really appreciate it. And I think you're really onto something. I know this is going to become a, a, a much bigger movement as it grows. And uh, maybe, uh, you know, six months or a year down the road, we can have you back on and you can tell us um, about. <laughs> I how, would how love that. Thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Let's Talk About Weed, the Cannaboomers podcast with Thomas J. For more on medicinal cannabis for baby boomers, visit us at cannaboomers.com.